Hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Uh, this uh, episode, I'm going to encapsulate, uh, uh, you know, uh, just a medium uh, episode here of painting exterior wood surfaces on uh, architectural dwellings. So, uh, wood is one form or another is the likeliest surface to find on the outside of an old house, and one of the hardiest. Left untreated and exposed to sun and rain, exterior wood weathers naturally over a year or two to a familiar silver gray. This finish, used on many colonial structures, can last for centuries under the right conditions. And, you know, in addition, that's why we don't have a lot of 18th century structures around, because it would cost twice as much just to paint your house in the 18th century as it did to build your house. So many individuals, the majority, would let their houses go for 50 to 60 years as the wood rotted, checked, cracked, cupped, and just totally deteriorated. And then they would burn the house down, take the hardware, and uh, subcontract to build a new house. So the lifespan was 60, 65 years. Those with the funds were able to put a, a film coating of paint on the house, and hence they survived today. However, <clears throat> wood that becomes wet, even with short or sporadic periods, is vulnerable to erosion and decay, which is not the same process as weathering. For maximum durability, wood needs protection from ultraviolet rays that break down its binding ligands and water that washes the cellular, uh, cellulose fibers away. Wood needs paint, period. Paint is not a preservative, but it does create the necessary shield against sun and water. Paint, unfortunately, does not last forever, and repainting is probably the top old house maintenance project. Most quality modern paints hold up 8 to 10 years on average, so it pays to repaint exterior wood only as needed to renew old or worn coatings, or to occasionally change colors. More frequently, repainting causes thick paint buildup that can crack, peel, and obscure decorative details. Simple washing alone can often dramatically improve the looks of the painted surface. Where a new paint job is in order, though, keeping paint on wood is the trick. Here's the breakdown of the steps to a good paint job on wood. So one of the key is preparations before painting. If, if there is paint on the building, take a good look at it. Analyze the old surface. It's pathology. Well, will be evidence of any ongoing changes or problems in the paint or the building, all of which can have big influences on the success of the new work. After all, it doesn't pay to throw materials and labor on top of failing paint. First, survey for the telltale signs of a paint job that needs attention. Caulking, or chalking rather, occurs weathering. I mean, just like by running your hand over the surface and you'll be getting a white pigment that chalking will occur when weathering or aging of the paint exposes individual pigments and grains become fine dust on the paint surface. This is serious oxidation. The con condition makes for an unstable surface for the new paint to adhere to and can stain surfaces below the chalking paint. In some light color paints, a moderate amount of chalking is engineered in the surface so the paint wears clean. A similar problem is frosting, caused by calcium carbonate pigments extenders that leach out of the paint. 
In both cases, the surface will need thorough scrubbing with a detergent solution, rinsing and a top quality oil-based primer before, before recoating. Cracking of the paint across the direction of the wood grain usually means the old paint coats have gotten too thick. Painting right over these defects just buys a little more time before the repair they will repair again and they can be totally eliminated by the complete removal of the old paint. Cracking paint is usually seen in old houses that have been repainted over many years with oil-based paint. Moisture problems are almost always indicated by paint blistering or peeling down to bare wood. The result of moisture moving from behind the paint film, a top source is liquid water entering from open joints and woodwork, leaky roofs, or defective gutters. A second source is water vapor migrating out of the building. Water vapor movement starts problems when, say number one, generators inside the house are large and many, such as humidifiers, plumbing leaks, or poor vented baths and kitchens. And there is no vapor barrier on the living space of the outside wall. The paint coats are so thick or impermeable that they block vapor movement. The only real cure for paint moisture problems is controlling the moisture source by fixing leaks, installing a vapor barrier, and similar measures. Mildew. This is the, is the result of paint deterioration. It's but rather a fungus that actually grows on the paint surface and causes stains and discoloration. At times it looks like dirt, but when a few drops of fresh household bleach are applied, it will license, uh, lighten up notably, but unfortunately it can actually uh, bleach out the color in blotches, just like you threw too much bleach, bleach in the washer for your uh, jeans and you'll have spotted areas of your paint. So you must be very careful with using probably only two or 3% bleach. Mildew can show up in most parts of the country on any part of a house, though it is most common in warm, humid regions and shaded house areas where air movement is restricted, such as behind trees and shrubs. Flat paints are more prone to mildew than glossy paints, and are paints as stains containing linseed oil. Mildew will grow through a new paint coat if it's not killed and cleaned off first. To remove mildew from painted or unpainted wood, scrub with a bristle brush or sponge using a solution of one quart household bleach, which is 3% sodium hypochlorite, one third a cup of household detergent. Do not mix detergents containing ammonia with bleach. The three quarts of warm water using a paint can containing a, a mildew side or a mildew poison or adding an aftermarket mildew side will discourage mildew growth on a new paint job. Peeling between layers is usually the result of poor preparation and or incompatibility between paints. After surveying, test the old paint for tightness on the wood. Apply a Band-Aid or similar adhesive bandage to the paint surface, then remove it rapidly as if you were taking it off your skin. If the Band-Aid comes off clean, the paint coats are sufficiently anchored to the wood. If the paint parts between layers or from the wood itself, then the bond is poor and the paint may fail if not removed totally before repainting. So the concern now is preparing the surface. Even when unpainted and new, 
Exterior wood should get careful preparation. Shortly after installation, begin by sealing knots and sap pockets with the appropriate product to prevent bleed through. Shellac is traditional, is a traditional knot sealer, but stain blocking primers also do the job, but I don't recommend shellac on exterior as, blo as a blocking primer. Then fill cracks, blemishes, and nail holes and prime. It is also prudent to make sure the average moisture content of the wood is roughly what it will be during its installed life, so that it will not change dimensions radically after painting. Wood that is already painted and weathered or deteriorated will require more involved preparation, which is critical to a new paint and how it will perform. Scraping. Wood that holds blistered, flaking, or loose paint should be scraped clean so that only tight paint remains for the smoothest appearance in the final job, feather edge the old paint where it meets the lower surface, such as bare wood, by sanding onto the edges. Glossy surfaces should be sanded as well to provide an anchoring point for the new paint. Occasionally, large-scale stripping may be necessary where old paint is cracking and peeling, or buildup is ugly and creates moisture problems. Repair. Any damaged or deteriorated carpeting should be repaired or replaced at this stage. Wash. Washing over a dirty or poorly prepared surface makes for a poor bond between new and old paint coats. One that usually shows up within a year as peeling beyond layers. Wash off accumulations of dirt, chalking, or deteriorated paint with a mild detergent before repainting. Equipment for washing cars or boats often works well. Rinse the surface well and let dry thoroughly before painting. Pay attention to protected areas such as porches. Caulk and fill. Any inside and outside corners and joints and seams in carpentry are potential entry points where water can leach, reach or leach into the wood and lead to peeling paint. Caulking seals these gaps and keeps the wood dry. The big requirement for preparation caulks is that they be paintable. Latex products have been popular in the past and polyurethane caulks now becoming widely available have also shown promising performance. When assembling new or restored woodwork, many craftsmen prefer to caulk after back priming mating surfaces. Fillers are needed to cover set nail heads, holes, gouges, or other voids and to produce a smooth surface in the finished paint job. Window glazing putty has long been used for this purpose, but fails quickly once the protection of paint is gone. Better choices are appropriate caulks for small holes or epoxy-based wood fillers. Deeply eroded wood found in areas like neglected windowsills are often very difficult to fill successfully. Here again, the adhesion of epoxy-based fillers seems to provide the longest lasting results. Apply a water repellent. Bare or scrape wood that will be prone to exposure or standing water can gain from being treated with a water repellent or repellent preservative before priming. Repellents block penetration of water, particularly into end grain and joints, and so limit the movement of the wood. They should be dry thoroughly for at least two fair weather days before proceeding with priming and be cleaned off if accidentally applied to painted surfaces. 
Water repellents can be store-bought or homemade, such as a formula from the Forest Products Lab in Madison, Wisconsin. So let's talk about it. Dissolve one ounce of finely shaved paraffin wax in three cups of exterior varnish. Then add enough mineral spirits, paint thinner, or turpentine to make one gallon of repellent. Next is priming. Primers are intermediate coatings between the wood and the top coat intended to improve the paintability of the surface and provide the top coat with better adhesion. Primers should be applied when the wood is dry to achieve good penetration and so that they cover the wood grain with good buildup. Oil-based primers are still favored for demanding conditions such as weather wood, chalk paint surfaces, or being down at the uh, shore where you have salt air. Whatever the application, the primer and top coat should be compatible films. So select the primer recommended by the top coat manufacturer. End priming woodwork joints before installation is an old-time quality painting practice that has, been, that has much merit. Paint usually starts to fail first around the ends and edges of boards because the exposed end grain of wood absorbs more moisture than the face grain. Sealing these pores before assembly can prevent blisters from outside water, usually appearing around joints and places like the lower siding courses. Leaving oil-based prime coats for more than two weeks before applying a top coat can cause peeling because it allows soap-like compounds to form and compromise the adhesion of the next coat. If prime coats must wait more than two weeks, they should be scrubbed and washed like old paint before recoating. For this reason, it is also a bad idea to prime in the fall and then finish the paint job in the spring. Painting. Last, when it comes to time to do the finished painting, pay attention to the materials you're working with. The wood and the paint. Watch the wood. The nature of the wood itself can determine the success of the paint job. Smooth, quarter sawn, which is vertical grain, lumber, holds paint best. The grain orientation allows the paint maximum penetration of the surface. Flat sawn or flat grain lumber may hold paint as long or, or as well. The species of wood also plays in part, with the most painful being lightweight woods like cedar, redwood, and cypress. Northern white pine, western pine, and Douglas fir are close behind. Some species, notably western larch and hemlock, are te quite temperamental. Southern yellow pine in particular is notorious for pain problems due to its density and tendency to absorb moisture. Using factory prime lumber and coatings that allow the wood to breathe may also help. Some woods discolor paint due to leaching of water soluble extractives. Trace materials that give individual wood properties such as color, odor, density, and insect resistance. These extractives are present in the hardwood of cells and both hardwoods and softwoods and, coincidentally, are in large supply in many woods like cypress and western red cedar that are ideal for exterior use. Redwood is one of the most problematic because it is very porous and has a high in-water soluble in tannins. Controlling moistures is the first step in controlling discoloration. So you got to continue to watch the paint. Cheap paint is the primary cause of endurance problems and a poor buy at best. So Benjamin Moore or Sherwin-Williams is what you wanna buy and buy their best paint that you can afford. There's a grand difference 
between the the $35 paint at uh, Sherwin-Williams and the, the 95. So on houses like the Shivers house and others I've done, it's always using $95 a gallon. You get what you pay for. At best, it is also a minor economy as materials account for only 15% of the cost in most painting jobs, the rest being labor. Quality Paints contains more solids, pigments, and binders than inferior products and so delivers longer service and better coverage and easier application. Traits than more offset the additional expense. Oil-based paints are traditional coatings with a long track record and still often the best choice for recoating existing oil-based paint. They are subject to air quality restrictions in many regions, though, and this will continue to affect their formulation and availability. Latex paints are water-based coatings and have, Im have improved in the last decade considerably and have shown good long-term results when covering new and painted wood when certain requirements are met. Applica application is a large part of painting wood effectively the and following the manufacturer's directions is quite important. Generally, top coats should be applied as soon as pri the primer is dry in about 48 hours for oil-based products. One coat of oil-based top coat is normally sufficient over paint that is still holding up well. However, two top coats over a prime coat is the standard system for new work because one coat may have hidden misses and holidays. So let's be sure to allow adequate drying between painting the top coats. A few hours between coats for latex paints is fine, but give one or two days for oil-based paints. Add a day for oil-based paints if the weather is cold or damp. So that's everything you always and didn't want to know about painting your architectural treasure. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out.